Hey, it's the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. You're back. You're here. Uh, I want to talk. Uh, first off, don't have a guest. Um, it's been. A, I've had a streak of guests. I'll have a couple guests coming up. I'm doing some uh, some road gigs, so it'll be easy to at least not feel guilty, like I'm depriving my family of my presence when I uh, record a podcast with a guest because. When I'm at home, it's tough to be like, well, hey, I'm uh, you know, doing comedy a lot of nights. I work all day. I play golf uh, once a week at least right now, um, which that'll come back. We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, but I also want to go talk to uh, some fucking comedian for 45 minutes instead of spending time with my wife or daughter and it's difficult it's difficult to get away so I try to do it the middle of the day when they're not home and sometimes it just doesn't work out for the week sometimes I'm not motivated to get a guest that's part of the other thing sometimes there's not like an interesting like an interesting conversation to be had easily via phone um, that that I think I would be interested and listeners of this podcast would be interested in like even the idea, and some people listening to this might think that it would be like fun to have like a local comedy drama podcast, like do an episode about local comedy drama, and that sounds cool until you realize the low fucking stakes of local comedy drama. And I don't want a podcast that's for local comedians to listen to specifically. I like, by the way, if you are a local comedian and you listen, I'm not telling you to stop listening. Thank you for listening. We need everyone we can get, so don't, please don't stop listening. But I'm not, I mean, so like, what is, at some point, it's like, like I talked to Gabriel Rutledge last week about getting into, I really feel like I have like a speech impediment developing because I, I think I've started to just like Gabriel Rutledge. I have Gabriel Rutledge. I'm like, I'm skipping past the last two syllables of that name. I think that's why I say Gabe. I don't like the way that I say Gabriel. Eh, that wasn't too bad. But uh, anyway, yeah, he like got into the comedy cellar. That's like very exciting. I'm interested in it. Uh, Gabe and I are friends, so we have like a good rapport. Fun to talk to. Easy to schedule the interview. And uh, and yeah, it's like you know, it's fun. <laughs> It was, those aren't incredibly difficult, but I don't want to like, one, I don't want to bother Gabe every week to do an extra podcast. He already has his own podcast. Two, like, I don't know. I mean, do we have something new to talk about every week? Obviously, Gabe and I, I mean, I, I don't know. He talks about a lot on his podcast. So um, there'll be, you know, I like the whatever. I don't have a guest is the point. I don't have a fucking guest. I didn't try very hard to get one. I sent one text message out an hour ago. This is if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, it's because you listen in the evening. It came. It's coming out late anyway, and without a guest. I had like also occasionally like I had a fucking awesome. I went to the Mariners game on a friend of mine. A friend of mine took us up on his boat. Me and a couple other comedians went. Very fun time to the. Uh, to Seattle and then to the Mariners game. The Mariners won. I drank a lot of alcohol. I had an absolute blast. And I'm like, I'm not going to not do that. I also, I thought I might try to schedule a podcast uh, for when I got home. But one, I didn't know when I got home. I was going to get home. And two, I was so fucking tired by the time. Because I golfed. I woke up in the morning. I golfed. Uh, 
nine holes and then I went and did this and uh yeah it was it was incredibly fun but also just exhausting so I don't have a guest but I think that I'm going to talk about some uh I wanted to talk to uh Corey Michaelis who's a fellow comedian about um about let me make sure that he has an official okay he's officially not texting me back you're out Corey you're fucking out we had an argument about Russell Wilson. Uh, uh, by the way, Facebook comments argument where we both, neither of us actually give a shit, but people started to get to take their sides. And so um, I think it was embarrassing that the fans booed Russell Wilson. I think I talked about this on the Tuesday episode. And Corey thought it was right to boo them, and he called uh, anyone who thought it was wrong. Uh, maybe he didn't think it was right, but he called anyone who thought it was wrong. Uh, what did he say? Something nerds. God, oh, I was sad nerds, maybe. Um. Anyway, I can't remember what it was. It was funny though. We like I was with him yesterday. We were good. We're not. We're, there's no real beef. But uh, also, we're going to like a. Uh, I don't know if this is a show people everyone can go to or not, but we're going to a country club in Richland, Washington, in November. And we will be uh, we'll be golfing and doing comedy. So if you live in Richland, Washington, and you know where there's a, co- a country club, you might be able to see us do comedy at that country club. Um. Okay, so I wanted to talk because we are uh, there's no guest, and I don't really have like a great topic. I wanted to talk. I did a thing this week. I had this game on my phone called Golf Clash. And I deleted it from my phone, which is not incredibly monumental. It's not because I thought that the Chinese government was spying on me through it, which they very well could be. I don't know who created this game. But I wanted to talk about compulsion and like near addiction because I definitely think that I have elements of that. But I think it's like... I want to talk about the embarrassing things that I've been compelled to do habitually. I do have like normal, uh, I think earlier in my life, I had a compulsion to drink alcohol. Um, My wife and I, I guess it was like now like probably four years ago or five years ago. We did, you know, it was, I think it was after we got married, but before we had our daughter. I know it was before we had our daughter, but we did. Whole 30, which Whole 30 is like, you cut out a lot of food. It's like all whole foods, but then also uh, you you go back to foods that are like non-allergenic. And so no gluten, no uh, nitrates, no uh, legumes. I think you're still allowed to have nuts, but I can't remember exactly. No... Um, fuck maybe yeah maybe no nuts no dairy it's just an incredibly restrictive thing that you're supposed to do for 30 days and it kind of like resets your body's uh your body's interaction with allergens i guess or maybe makes it obvious as you reintroduce these foods or yeah it it, what it does is it if you do if you are having like a like a low-grade allergic reaction to stuff like um for example i think i have like a a yeast sensitivity which I think we might all have a 
a little bit of a yeast sensitivity, but when I drink hazy IPAs, my throat gets fucked up every time. And I don't have to drink a full hazy IPA. I can drink just a couple drinks off of a hazy IPA. And I notice that my throat gets gets scratchy. So, um, anyway. Why am I? Oh, so Whole30. We did Whole30 and I, uh, that like, my if you can hear, my dog is just fucking licking her own crotch in the background. Lainey, stop. Stop it. No more. You might be able to hear her tail banging against the couch. I'm, I'm recording this in my living room. All right, we get it. You're a dog. Jesus. So my like compulsion to drink went away after that. I used to have the thing where I'd be like at a bar and I'd always want like one last beer. Anytime we left, I was always one beer behind where I thought I should be. And I, we actually, we used to, there was a bar in Tacoma called the Copper Door that I really loved. And they were a bar and bottle shop. And you could actually, in this case, you could like bring one beer home. So it was even, even easier. You didn't have to stay at the bar. You didn't actually have to pay very high bar prices. You'd just like throw in a can of uh, low alcohol pale ale was my move. It would be like Field 41 Pale Ale from Bale Breaker Brewing, which at the time I think was like a 4.5% alcohol beer. And you would just bring that home and have it, you know. But it was like I never needed that extra beer, but I'd have the compulsion. And so I'd always have a little bit worse of a hangover. And since doing Whole30, I don't really have that. There's some nights where I'm tying one on and having a good time where I'm like, let's keep going. This is fun. And I also, by the way, I'm like I'm like days away from explaining to the the Substack listeners about this horrific hangover my wife and I had because we got hammered last weekend. But what I'm saying is, is like when I'm doing that, I know I'm doing. There's nothing. It doesn't feel like there's something supernatural driving me to drink. Where before that, there were times where I thought that it was like. Um, I just like, I'm doing this in my living room and a guy just walked by and I have headphones and a microphone and I've never been more goddamn embarrassed in my own living room. <sighs> I'm not a natural uh, a natural entertainer, folks. I love doing stand-up comedy because it's a controlled environment where people expect you to be doing stand-up comedy. I get embarrassed filming on golf courses. I get embarrassed doing a podcast uh, in my own living room. In my own living room. Um. Anyway, I don't have that anymore. But I do have like still compulsions, and golf, by the way, is like certainly one of them. I my YouTube algorithm's all fucked up. I'm now I've like I've got like everything is like golf tips, golf people playing golf. I had this fucking golf video game on my phone, and I've had many of these things over the years where I just like get the, it's like, I don't know. It's the process. I enjoy the process. I like researching. I like all this shit. So like homebrewing, I, I bought, I fucking read about homebrewing for like six months. I bought homebrewing equipment. I, uh, made beer. It was fucking horrible, but I kept doing it and I kept buying stuff. Like, is this going to be the thing that makes me a good homebrewer? Absolutely not. I'm a dog shit homebrewer. Uh, I bought, I went paintballing one time, bought a paintball gun, was like researching barrels and new guns and new rifles and new, I fucking never went paintballing after that. I have a paintball gun for sale. Do you want it? Do you want to buy it? I'll give it to you for incredibly inexpensive. Uh, Luckily, most of the things when I do dive into something hard, 
I do have a pretty solid knowledge of like, if I decide to stop doing this, I can recoup the money that I spent on it. So like podcast equipment, for example, I've owned a bunch of podcast equipment over the years, but I also have sold a bunch of podcast equipment over the years. It's not just a spend, right? Like there's some offset when I sell stuff. Um, there's uh, cameras and all kinds of fucking gear like that. Golf clubs even like I've, I've, uh, already probably I've, I've owned two sets of clubs literally since February. One, I, I played one round with, and then I, uh, sold them and bought, um, I sold them and, and bought a cheaper set of clubs that are better for me. And I've, you know, but I, like, I just sold a golf club yesterday on eBay. I'm fucking into it. What else? I was, uh, I did uh, smoke cigarettes and chew tobacco pretty hard for a while. Oh no. There's a guy that lives, uh, used to live next door to me and he still works near my house. And he, I see him walk by my house all the time. And this guy, I think just saw me do a podcast also. He had no idea. He had no idea that I do a podcast and now I'm fucked. In the privacy and darkness. That's where both, that's where addiction, compulsion, and podcast should all exist. <laughs> Every time someone says, I listen to your podcast, I say, well, you shouldn't do that. Bad at self-promoting, bad at, bad at, uh... <laughs> I have too much shame. That's my problem. I have too much shame. Um... These are the the silly things that I've been. So golf clash is embarrassing because I realized I'm like, I'm spending time where I could be like, and I don't think you have to do, you know, I think there's time for like mindfulness and mindlessness. I think that's valuable. Um, but it's like, I'm taking a shit and I'm playing this game. I'm sitting with my daughter. I'm playing this game. I'm drinking a beer. I'm playing this game. I wake up in the morning. I'm playing this game. I go to bed. It's I'm playing this game. I'm losing sleep. I'm losing time with my daughter. I'm fucking, uh, you know, I'm like behind on podcast shit and editing these road hacks episodes. And I'm fucking, uh, not writing enough stand up in my opinion. And I'm, uh, not writing a fucking screenplay that I have an idea for. And I'm not doing a lot of things. I'm not doing projects in the garage. I'm not doing whatever because I'm fucking playing this game and I'm not getting anything good out of this game. In fact, the one thing is I made a point to myself. I'm not putting any money in this fucking, in these like those uh, microtransaction things. I'm not buying $5 worth of fucking points so that I can keep playing this game. That's where I draw the line. But of course, what that means is that you have to play a lot longer to achieve the things that you want to achieve. So I'm playing this fucking game so much. And I, I, there's a podcast that I listen to at least once a year called and by the way i have this problem with podcasts i will periodically just go through the podcast i'm subscribed to and just delete a fuckload of them because how much time am i spending listening to other people talk about doing comedy where i could just be getting better at comedy maybe i gotta get like stop listening to podcasts entirely to be honest with you and i um anyway i don't i don't remember, I don't remember what i was just about to say but so I got rid of that. I got rid of that game. It just takes over like, you know, the like you don't even realize it seeps into the it's like water 
finding the path of least resistance, right? It's like it slowly finds its way into your life and starts filling all the gaps and then starts expanding its it starts overflowing those gaps, right? Like suddenly I'm uh I'm at fucking dinner with my wife and I'm like, oh fuck, I got a free chest that I'm eligible to open full of prizes. Let's open this prize chest. And my wife's like, what the fuck are you doing? We're like sitting at dinner. What the fuck are, I mean, she didn't say it mean like this, but this is like the sentiment she deserved to have. She was much nicer about it. But like, what the fuck are you doing playing this fucking app? So oh yeah, every year I listen to this podcast called um, The Upside of Quitting uh, from Freakonomics. Sometimes I'll listen to it more than once in a year when I feel like I'm, and it just talks about like the value gained from quitting something and the value gained from quitting something early. And I, and I'll think too, oftentimes I will think about like with this game, golf clash, which it's not the first thing of this type that's, that's gripped me or other people. There's people who like, like candy crush or, I mean, for a while I was like, I'd scroll TikTok for too goddamn long. And I'm just like constantly trying to look out for things like this, which are fucking bogging my life down that I'm getting no value from, right? Podcasting, but I mean, I when I first started a blog, I remember I'd get like, I had like a couple good traffic days and I'm like, oh fuck, I can see real time how many people are reading my blog right now and the locations that they're in. I got so addicted to reading that shit that it's like I stopped. I was watching that shit instead of writing blog posts. I got obsessed with this idea of like growing an audience and monetization. And I'm like, always, I'm never not aware of that as the problem. You know, these people, I don't even really know if I believe them, but the people who are like, yeah, I just made this successful thing and I just set out to, you know, have fun. And then it turned it like these people just wouldn't stop throwing bags of money at me for this thing that I would have been doing anyway. I wish I was one of those people. I wish I was like, yeah, I just started podcasting because I like podcasting. It's just, just conversations with the buddy, man. I wasn't even aware that you could make money at this, but no, I'm aware. I'm always aware. And it becomes a thing that I'm like, I want to be fucking good at it. I want to be good at golf. Why? What's golf going to do me? I will say the thing about golf is... It is like I burned some calories doing it. I am creating this content that nobody's watching. Road Hacks, check it out on YouTube. But also it's a little bit of like a Zen experience. It's like a, a actually a time where I don't feel any compulsion to be on my phone, which is nice because, yeah, you do. Like, I mean, I've I just started recently putting my phone on do, the do not disturb mode because, and by recently, I mean like the last two days because it's like, Fuck, how nice is that? I've done it like in short spurts, but like I think I'm going to start doing it every day. And having like, you know, batching my fucking interactions with with people, especially people on the internet, but yeah, you're like checking Twitter all the time to see the notifications. TikTok, when TikTok's going well, it becomes like a thing you I'm like obsessed with, and it feels like the more you look at it, the less good it does, but the the once it finally does good, you can't stop fucking thinking about it. Um, some embarrassing things that I've. So I had a tonsillectomy in 2021. 
and my tonsils were three times the size of normal tonsils. And I'm not exactly sure the cause, why they got so big, uh, but they were big. And they were causing me pain for years. And I procrastinated getting them looked at. Actually, that's not even really true. I went to, uh, I had a, uh, I've had a couple of, um, what's that shit? I had like the thing where they shove the, the camera down your nose and look around. Because also, I chewed tobacco and smoked. And so when you chew tobacco and smoke, anytime you have like a pain in your mouth or throat, you're like, eh, it's fucking cancer. It's cancer. It finally came for me. And so I don't have that anxiety anymore either, by the way. Because, I mean, it's been a long time since I've smoked or chewed. Not to say I'll never get it. Not to say it's not possible that I, you know, I will end up with lung cancer or mouth cancer of some type. Same thing with like uh, going to the dentist to pr- procrastinate that or procrastinate going to the doctor. Like I'm fucking, it's a problem. And so, <clears throat> uh, yeah, addicted to chewing, addicted to smoking. Those are like normal things. But I had this throat issue. Didn't want to go to the doctor for it anymore. Didn't want to keep throwing money at something. So I I started just keeping cough drops on me at all times. And then also I would try to lose weight and I would... uh reduce my sugar intake, but then basically immediately supplement it with more cough drops. I would just probably, I was probably taking in more sugar on a non-sugar diet because I'm just like, I, I remember thinking like, how pathetic is it that my weight loss is being hampered by cough drops? At least have it be fucking ice cream. But cough drops? Um... I also was able to justify golf clash to myself because my dad plays it. I was like, oh, it's like a bonding thing. We're not we're not the closest father son in the world, so it's like a bonding thing. This is good. We didn't play against each other. I've never even talked to him about it. I made a I made an albatross on golf clash. I was like, should I send it to him? Ah, he's not gonna care. It was complete bullshit. It was a complete fabrication in my mind of some shared experience we were having to justify doing it so um yeah so i'm uh what what else i mean comedy is one of those things absolutely i've you know and i'm still obsessed with it i uh i try to keep it like a little healthier there's like uh there's a Again, not to talk about local comedy scene drama because I think it's one of the most boring topics for everybody in the world, including comedians. If you're if you're not bored by it, you should be. Who did I talked to somebody who wanted to start a specifically a podcast specifically dedicated to local comedy scene drama, and I just cannot imagine a less appealing idea to me. Um so there's like a, a message board and I get a decent amount of work out of this message board, which is like, it's, it's like comedians and bookers will go on there and they're like, you know, I need someone to do this much time for this much money on a show, this date, who's available. And you send them the thing, you know, whatever, a video. And I've, I've reached a point where I can get like a decent amount of work from that. Uh, that's good. I'll go check it every now and then. But there was a while where it was like constant. It would be like, this person was rude at a show. Don't book them unless you want a rude probably and worse things, obviously. But some of the stuff, it was like, you know, kind of mirrored the way the world is where it's like you go, you know, this person's like a fucking rapist. And you're like, that's bad. I don't that that's that seems really bad. And then 
someone's like, well, this person, uh, boy, (laughs) they did, let's just say they did something that's like significantly less. And we're like, also punish them the same. And it's just like a part of our world that I don't, uh, I'm not going to be the one administering justice. That shit will all shake itself out before it gets to me. I don't need to be obsessed with all that shit. Um, this sounds like, this makes it sound like I'm like, uh, an apologist, which I guess, yeah, maybe I am. I don't know. I don't think any of that stuff's good, but I'm like, most of the time when I see stuff, it's like this person told an offensive joke and I'm pretty much on the side of people should be allowed to tell offensive jokes. Don't care. And I'm also on the side of like, by the way, if you're a business and you have an open mic and the people are saying incredibly offensive jokes at your open mic, it's fully within your right to cancel that open mic. Sometimes I wonder how businesses are brave enough to have comedy in their venue in 2022 because people are so... they This fucking fake idea that comedians are philosophers is annoying. And this idea that if you say something as a joke, it is your earnest and sincere opinion is bullshit. I have an idea for merch. Probably talked about it on here, but it's just, I really believe that jokes are not opinions. And I have an idea for merch. Just a shirt that says jokes are not opinions. And I've talked it over with some comedians and enough comedians that I respect have said it's a bad idea that I have not made them yet, but I could be swayed by the the comedy audience here. Um, what else have I been? Sunflower seeds. I mean, I have I had because I I used to chew a lot when I worked. I worked in a box factory, and I've probably talked about this before. But I had there was like a sump uh, system under our machine, so there was like a big. Um, Jesus Christ, dog. There was a big metal, uh, like, grate. And under it was just standing water that would drain and you could pump it out. And it was like, uh, it would go to, like, water tr- a water treatment center and shit. But it was, like, ink and, and chemicals and all kinds of shit. Man, now that I think about that, it was, like, stand. I'm just constantly standing above these, like, inks and chemicals and shit that... <laughs> manual labor is fucked up uh we worked with this stuff at one of them called uh oh man they called it uv but it's something else it's this thing it's this um (laughs) this substance uv gloss i don't know what it's made out of but that's what that's what they called it uv gloss and i had to sign a waiver the they trained me they were like well uh, not only do we, has it contributed, there's like some belief that it contributes to uh, cancer, but also, <laughs> this is so fucking wild. If you get it on your skin and you're exposed to serious UV light, so like the sun, it could, uh, it like cures. So it like basically like burns or until it's like sealed. 
So if you get it on your skin and go outside, it could theoretically create like a very bad reaction where the UV gloss is on your skin. The machine, it would have like, I worked at a box factory, it's like a printing press, and it would put this gloss on, and then it w- the next stage of the machine, which is like, there, there's like, you know, several thousand uh, boxes a minute going through this thing, and in that time, it would be exposed to so much UV light that it would seal on its way through, like a gloss seal, if things were working correctly. They often weren't, by the way. Um but yeah, so I had this this like sump uh, grate that I was just, sta- I just chewed tobacco all day and spit down into that thing. It was like working outside while, but working inside. It was, it was fucking amazing. If you chewed, I, uh, yeah, so I chewed, um, I chewed for nine years, probably maybe eight years, but I, uh, really got about 20 years worth of chewing in at that time. I was just chewing all day. I'd wake up, I'd put a chew in while I was showering. Or this was actually my move because I chewed and smoked at the same time. Wake up. I probably, I might have, this is, by the way, it feels like a rerun on the podcast, so I'm sorry. But uh, I would wake up in the morning, go smoke a cigarette. Because if I smoked a cigarette before I ate food or had a chew, I would get a buzz. And it was the only time I felt a, a nicotine buzz, a tobacco buzz ever in the like later years of smoking because, uh, or chewing. Cause I just had so much nicotine running through my body all the time that anytime I was smoking or chewing, I was just getting myself back up to zero. It starts out when you first chew or smoke, you get this like high, it's like a high. It is a fucking psychoactive chemical. But it gets you to like, let's say, 125% is the max that it gets you to. You're normally at 100%. It gets you to 125%. But when you become addicted, you could start to go, the percentage gets real fucking low. One time I couldn't get, my mom thought that she could stop me from chewing by like never taking me to buy chew which wasn't really a problem until my car broke down and then this is like predates uber and stuff like that and i guess i could have gotten like a taxi to a gas station but i um i ran out of chew and i couldn't get any and it was creating if you've ever experienced addiction in any form that feeling is like uh all engrossing takes over your mind i punched a dresser in my bedroom broke my hand went to the doctor and he goes uh what'd you hit i was like huh and he goes yeah you hit something obviously this is like he's like this fracture only occurs from punching something that shouldn't be punched and it almost always occurs for uh dudes between the ages of like 16 and 23 (laughs) and I was I don't know I was 19 or something I was in I was in an appropriate age range to have this fracture but I broke my hand because I couldn't couldn't get chew and so finally my mom she took me to like Rite Aid to get the prescription for the painkillers or whatever and I bought chew at the (laughs) Rite Aid I bought like five cans of chew at Rite Aid to get me through 
<laughs> I got my Jew after all, Mom. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but that was like, you know, a compulsion. And I was like also kind of like a proud vice. Really weirdly. Like, yeah, I played baseball. What do you think? You know, you think I didn't play baseball? Look at how I can how I can pack this chew can. Hear that? I can still do it, folks. That noise you see people uh, making with their fingers? Yeah, I could do that. With the best of them, you might argue. I, I will say a thing about smoking and chewing that confuses me is I understand they're both gross in their own ways. But it was always more socially acceptable for well, I guess everybody, but it was more socially acceptable to chew or to smoke than to chew. The idea of a smoker was way less disgusting than a chewer, but the only thing about a chewer is like when you kiss them, obviously, theoretically, by socially acceptable, I mean uh, not uh, like the least off-putting to potential romantic partners. So... If you kiss someone that chews, theoretically, you could like get the chew in your mouth. But the rest of the experience seems way better with a chewer. Like your house doesn't smell, your car doesn't smell, your clothes don't smell like smoke. Um, you can, by the way, when you kiss someone that smokes, you could taste that. Like it's, uh, yeah, it just seems better. Chewing does seem better to me, but whatever. So I smoked a bunch because that was like an easier uh easier ask to have someone accept you as a smoker um anyway what else have i i mean to to a degree this like brisket shit the, at least the i spent uh, <clears throat> i spent a lot of time i have spent a lot of time researching brisket uh, cooking methods and shit like that, smoking meat for sure. Uh, yeah, it's been, there's like a lot of these things. What else? What else? There's gotta be, oh, uh, kombucha. I got real into for a while. Didn't make it myself, luckily. Um, God, my wife, the more we talk about this shit, my wife really is just a, an absolute hero. That might be it. I own more audiobooks than I should. My point is, is that if you're doing some of this shit, and I'm a bad example of it, but if you got, you know, if you're a parent and you have fucking angry birds on your phone, take it off your phone. Also, I will say this. It feels very liberating to remove. Uh, I've, I've like, I've had notifications turned off on all social media for a long time. I don't get any notification except for Facebook Messenger, typically, uh, to take things off your phone. God, there's another phone one that I can't remember what it is. But I had another phone one that was, like, real bad. And taking f games off your phone is, like, the most liberating feeling in the fucking world, and you should do it. Fuck, what was the other game? I had one that I spent real money on that was like, I was like, this is fucking insane. Cause the other thing about that is when you start to put real money into it, you're like, Oh, I'm uh, maybe it was poker. 
I think it was poker, uh, like on my phone. And it was also poker in a, in a, maybe it was not on my phone even, I don't know, on my computer, but it was like poker where it's not for real money, but also they like, they like game the, the deck so that like you, it's not a, a good representation. Oh, I think it was on my phone, but it's not a good representation of what real poker hands are. It would be like people were getting big hands way more often, which is also more addictive. And I will say that one of the things that, uh, people, I said this to my mom many years ago, and I really believe this, is the worst thing that can happen to you at a casino is to win. You will lose more from winning than you will lose from losing. If you go to a casino and you win and you lose $20, yeah, the next time you might go and you might lose $20 again. Or you might never go again. If you go to the casino and you win $100 that you didn't have to work for, that you were like playing a game and you won $100. There's little that's more intoxicating than the idea of making money doing something you enjoy. Hence why I'm trying to make every part of my fucking life work around shit, you know, comedy, golf, uh, podcasting, make those things make some money. Someone yelling in my neighborhood. Anyway, the worst thing that can happen to you at a casino is uh, is to lo- oh this is this dude is just like straight up walking down the street yelling. All right, well I don't want to podcast anymore because there's too many people in my neighborhood that can see me podcasting. Thank you for listening to this one. Uh, there will be more of them, I hope, unless this dude that's yelling comes into my house and attacks me. Uh, Thank you for listening to this podcast, and I will talk to you soon. Oh, the Casey McLean, all social media platforms, Road Hacks on on, uh, YouTube. I'll be in Oklahoma City at the end of September, Fort Wayne, Indiana in October, uh, Wenatchee, and Post Falls, Idaho this weekend, which is, this is truly my move, is to plug things out of order. And then... uh, Tacoma Comedy Club with Gabriel Rutledge in December. Gabriel Rutledge in December. And then check out thecaseymcclain.com. I can't even say my own. thecaseymcclain.com slash calendar for more stand-up dates.